0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Tuesday. It is December the 19th, 2017. This is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book in Bill's story, and we're on page 5. We're going to begin reading paragraph two, gradually things got worse, through two more paragraphs, paragraph three and paragraph four, ending with, and so I did. And we're going to comment on all three paragraphs, so let's get ready. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Melissa C.K., the 12 traditions, Robin S.B., and our readers for the text this morning will be Mary H., Elaine T., and Jody E.Q. I have two reference share ID numbers. They're five-digit numbers. Yesterday's share ID for Monday, that's December 18th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10812. That's 10,812. And this morning... Tuesday, December 19th, 2017, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,814. That's 10814. Our OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. Compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, if we could all mute our lines, because I have somebody, I think, on a keyboard. I don't know. I will now ask, let's have Melissa C.K. read the 12 steps. Melissa?
1: Sure. May I be heard?
0: You? Yes, you can.
1: Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. I pass.
0: And thank you so much, Melissa C.K. I will now ask Robin S.B. to please read our 12 Traditions.
2: Hi, this is Robin S.B. Compulsive Overeater. These are the twelve traditions. One: Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two: for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority: a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. <clears throat> Excuse me. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service.
0: And thank you, Robin S.B., for your service. How our meeting works. press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 5. And we're going to begin reading with paragraph two, Gradually Things Got Worse. And
3: uh, I'm going to ask kindly Mary H. to begin our reading. On page five, press one, please, to unmute. Mary H., Well, perhaps Mary H., can you hear me? Anybody?
4: Yes, Janice, you can be heard.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Melanie. Elaine T., are
0: you available to move up? It's
5: Mary H. Elaine T.,
0: available? Wait, wait. hold on. (laughs) That's okay. Mary H., are you here with us now?
5: I am. I'm so sorry. I had to hang up and call back in. My star one wasn't working, but I'm here.
0: Here you are. Here you are, so go to
3: it. (laughs)
5: Okay. Okay. Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. Gradually, things got worse. The house was taken over by the mortgage holder. My mother-in-law died. My wife and father-in-law became ill. Then I got a promising business opportunity. Stocks were at the low point of 1932, and I had somehow formed a group to buy. I was to share generously in the profits. Then I went on a prodigious bender, and the chance vanished. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so I did. Oh, poor Bill, and just I have uh, so much empathy because I understand uh, where this position is, and where he is right now is not step one. He's admitted he was powerless over alcohol, That his life had become unmanageable. And I can relate to that in having so many times had this illness rob me of my ambitions, rob me of my dreams and my goals, and deciding that, you know, even from back in high school, not showing up at class. Now, it wasn't because I wasn't a a smart kid or capable, it was because. I had binged the night before. I had been um, uncomfortable, not only just because of the food, but because of how I felt in my skin, how I felt in the world. And, you know, here's Bill finally realizing that, oh, perhaps there's a link with uh, what I'm ingesting, this alcohol, and I'm going to stop. What we don't hear or see is... uh, Step two, that he sees that a a power greater than himself could restore him to sanity. That's not uh, available to him right now, and that's the part that's so sad. And I remember being there as well. If the only thing I knew was more willpower, and you know, pull myself together and um, beat this thing, and the my that it was all up to me, and So I think I'm going to stop there. I'm sorry I didn't share longer, a little discombobulated, but this is some awful stuff we're about to hear, the doom and gloom. And um, we all know that the story ends well. We've just got to hang in there and uh, see where we are powerless and how we have to admit that uh, our lives are unmanageable too. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Bye.
0: And thank you, Mary H. And I want to thank uh,
3: Elaine T. for stepping up. Um, Would you like to uh, comment, Elaine T.? Okay. What we'll do is we'll open it up to comments, and we're commenting on page
0: five, paragraph two, three, and four. Who would like to be? Yes.
5: Thank. Thank you. This is Elaine T.
0: This is Elaine T. She's going to be first. Okay. Anybody else? Ros Kathleen G. O. Kathleen, I heard Kathleen O. Sorry for who I hear, because my ears just here. I don't know. Next, Kathleen O. G. Somebody G. Roz. Roz G. Okay. Anybody else? Jody Reggio. E. Q. Jody E. Q. I hear it. And one more, I can take. Ashley R- O. All right, we'll do Barbara E. Marin and, Kay. And we'll we'll stop there and you can be in our next group, okay? Okay, Elaine T, please go ahead.
5: Hi, this is Elaine T from well I'm in Nathan, not in Virginia at the moment, but I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, I I love this book and I Bill's story I can totally relate to. Um gradually things got worse. And unfortunately for me it was a combination of Things got worse before I went into program, and then I relapsed, and so things got worse again. Um, I can relate to um, in-laws and parents dying. That happened to me before um, I came into program. I lost a mother-in-law one year, a father-in-law, oops, a mother the next year, and a father-in-law the year after that, and it just seemed like my world was crumbling. Um, but um, I was like Bill. Convinced that I, I, I could handle anything, and it didn't even understand how dysfunctional I was. Um, It it just so happened that they were cancer patients, and we put them in a hospice program. And the lady in the hospice said to me, "Your son doesn't know how to grieve," and I was indignant because it was my in-laws, you know. And I thought she was saying I didn't care for them, and blah blah blah. And what I know now, of course, is I didn't know how to grieve. I thought grief was putting out your lower chin and getting through it. And I was getting through it. I was taking care of their mother. I was taking care of my child. I was taking care of my everybody. You know, that's what I was doing and working and, and, and. And, of course, eating my brains out. And, um, you know, uh, but that was a good thing. It was a step forward. It was that resounding comment, you know, that I was somehow – not giving my child what he needed—that stuck in my head. So that when I heard things again, that you know feelings were important and I wasn't having them, I was willing to at least be willing. I was teachable to some small degree, and came into program. And of course, um, things got worse. Uh, and because I was working the tools, I wasn't working. The, I did the steps, but I didn't understand. I didn't do ten, eleven, and twelve. So, you know, after I did the steps the first time after that, I was living on working the tools and 10 years later, yeah, I'm, I needed to start all over again and, uh, and I did that and, and I finally came into a vision where I heard about 10, 11 and 12 and things finally are starting to get better. Although I can always tell when, um, you know, my food's a little slippery or um, I'm not doing something because my attitude is off. And um, it wouldn't, doesn't matter whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, um, I can feel that I'm ready to go on a prodigious bender, and I know to get my head back in the steps and into the work, and um, even from um, a retreat weekend, I call in the program and say, Merry Christmas to you all, and thank you so much. I, I love this program, and I love you guys, and with that, I'll pass.
0: And thank you so much, Elaine T. Thank you. Kathleen O, it's your turn.
6: Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So I saw I could not take so much as one drink. So Bill has kind of this light bulb moment, but it's not enough. You know, he hadn't met Dr. Silkworth yet. Um, He had the answer, but he couldn't do it. And, you know, thinking his self-knowledge would serve him, and it didn't, you know, he drank because he had to drink. He was powerless. He had an obsession of the mind. And I had an experience once where I had given up sugar <clears throat> for two years. And I was sitting at a table with a bunch of friends and dessert came. And one of the uh, friends had made this dessert and everyone was eating it. And I thought, and this is after two years of not eating sugar, knowing I knew I couldn't eat sugar. But I didn't have the steps. I hadn't heard about 12-step recovery. I was doing it all on my own self-knowledge. And what happens is because I have an obsession of the mind and I'm powerless, I had this thought, you know, I can control this. I can have a peace just like these people are doing. I know I can do this. And I did it. Um, and then the obsession of the mind took over and the phenomenon of craving set in and I was off to the races. And gaining back the 50 pounds I had lost not eating sugar. And so, you know, um, thankfully, you know, we're only on page, what, five of Bill's story. And this is like the fourth or fifth time that he's picked up again, um, you know, gone back to the alcohol after he's sworn it off. And, um, and you know, this, the answer is in, the, in these pages because he's going to meet Dr. Silkworth. He's going to find, you know, what his problem really is, and he's going to find what the solution is. And I am just so grateful today to be on this line with all of you. I think all of you are really cool. And, um, but the, the big thing that for me and hopefully all of you being on this line is when I hear you guys talk, I'm reminded of, of what I need to remember. And, um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm reminded of who I really am and that, that um, I need to hear this. I need to hear, you know, everything everybody's saying because that way I don't forget. And as long as I work the steps, stay connected. Um, Life is really good and the food is down and I don't want it. Thank you, God. And I pass.
0: And thank you so much, Kathleen. O. all right. Roz G. It's your turn.
7: Hi, this is Roz G. May I be heard? You can. Thank you, Janice. Um, This is Roz G. Compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. And, um, As I was looking over the reading today, the the saying, when it rains, it pours, came to me. So Bill's talking about how his mother-in-law died, how he became ill or his wife became ill, and that just things were all toppling down. And when things like that happened to me, when it rained, you know, things kept happening one after the other. I had no coping mechanisms. The only coping mechanisms I had when things didn't go my way or or when life circumstances, normal things happen, for me was to get into a bad relationship or overeat. And I remember I had such a promising youth. There were things that I, there were dreams I had and things I wanted to do that were of quality and that I believe God gave me talents for. But because I gained weight from eating too much, um, the things that I wanted to do uh, weren't, you know, I didn't have the size that was acceptable for those things. And then getting into um, wrong relationships also prohibited me from dream you know doing the the dreams of my life but i'm so grateful that i had to get down to those to the desperation of life compulsive overeating took you know took me to because today i have a life beyond my wildest dreams and i have coping mechanism now and they're called 10 steps because when things happen not if they happen i have a place to turn and it's 10 steps And those turnarounds save me, and gratitude also saves me. So I know that life is going to bring me ups and downs. And food and overeating is not going to change or fix those situations. But my relationship with God is going to carry me through them. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you. Pardon me so much, Roz
3: G. Okay, Jody. Jody, EQ, your turn. Jody, press star one. Here I am. Sorry about that. Thank you, Janice.
4: Good morning, everybody. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered in California. So this first paragraph about the family, oh my gosh, the mother-in-law dies, the wife and the father-in-law become ill. The disease, they call this the family disease. And indeed, it is a family disease. It affects the whole family. Uh, Everybody suffers. And when I am in my disease as well, the whole family suffers. So, yeah, it doesn't just affect us. It affects everybody around us. And so does recovery. That's the good news. So then he gets a promising business opportunity. He somehow forms a group to buy and then he goes on a prodigious bender and the chance vanishes he sees he cannot take so much as one drink i also realized early on that i couldn't eat sugar safely i couldn't eat bread safely i couldn't drink coffee safely but and i tried and succeeded for very short periods of time to uh, abstain from those things on my own, but it, it never lasted. It never lasted. I knew what I shouldn't do, but I didn't have the power to do it. I needed a power greater than myself. And I find that power in these rooms and in these steps and through prayer and meditation. I'm just so grateful that I'm not trying to do it on my own anymore, because I cannot. And so grateful that I have this fellowship to do it with, because that's what's working for me. And I'm happily abstinent today. I don't care. I don't want sugar. I don't want bread. I don't want coffee today. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. And the promises of the program are coming true. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much,
3: Jody EQ. Okay, Barbara E., it's your turn. Good morning,
8: everyone. This is Barbara E, and I love that you are now Janice
3: P.M.
8: So cute. Uh, there are so many of us with similar names out there. I love this meeting. I rarely get a chance to share on it, but my volunteer work that I was supposed to do from 10 to 11 got shut down because there was no heat in the facility. So this is my higher power taking over. I, For me, I need to take step one every single day. The remorse, the abuse, the isolation was devastating for me. Willpower didn't work. The insanity of thinking, it doesn't matter. I can do it just this once. I couldn't. I tried so many pay-for-play diets. I drank cabbage soup. I took pills. I had shots. I went to a psychologist. I did everything. But I was under this delusion that I was in control and another diet would work. I finally had to become aware of my delusion. I had to face the truth. I was without power completely but there was a glimmer of hope and the glimmer of hope was called OA Mm -hmm. I embraced the tools I embraced the steps I did everything that my sponsors told me to do because I was desperate and slowly by, by little by little I had this awakening every morning now when I wake up I do my 11-step plan of action. I say, thank you, God. What can I do better today with your guidance? And every night I do a nightly review. I never thought I would do that. I make amends to people immediately when I feel I've done them a the harm, especially for the family I live with because I can pick up my character defects But the power of the program is I recognize them and I take care of them. I clean them up. I'm so grateful to you and to everyone who's
3: going to follow me this morning. Thank you. I pass.
1: Star 1, Janice?
0: Not gonna wait. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, just to uh, just to remind you that we're on page five, and we're commenting on three paragraphs: paragraph two, paragraph three, and paragraph four. Who would like to begin? The next group.
9: I am. Uh, at
0: could you start? Yeah.
9: Can you? Start?
0: Hold on. I'm just I'm going to get that first one. I'm going to get the first one first. And I don't know how to spell that. Who Who's who the first one with an M? M-A-R-I-N. Again, please. M A R I N K. M A R I N. Marin K. Yes. All right. I'm sorry. I had to put you through all that. Anybody else?
9: Emma. M. Martha S. That's the I
0: Martha S. Ollie? Yep, Ollie M.
9: Ollie M,
0: okay. Simma M
9: Sima.
3: Sherry K B.
0: I hear Simma M and then I heard Sherry K B. So Karen T. And I'll hear Karen T. All right, let's go with that.
10: Yeah.
0: So let's go with Marin K. Please you're up.
10: Thank you very much. Welcome everybody new on the line. Um I, You know, with this paragraph and the big book, I love the big book. It's like a Bible. Um, you know, Bill is, liquor ceased to be a luxury. It became a necessity. You know, my my need for food was, I, I needed it beyond, I needed it in order to keep going. And what I did with food was so perverted and so out of control. And, um, you know, in this story, it kind of foreshadows what happens when you are in this disease. Things get worse, you know. He says the house was taken, the mother-in-law died. You know, if things happen to us, and he couldn't. He didn't know what to do. He just he kept saying, "I got to stop," and and he can't have one drink. He was through forever. And how many times did I say, "I'm going to stop this behavior. I'm going to not do this anymore. I'm through forever." And then in two minutes, he's back on the line with it, you know. And so that's what he does until he finds, uh, you know, as we go on with the chapter, you know, a power greater than himself. But that's been my experience is that until I can surrender, until I can look at what I'm doing and say, this is what I'm doing. I need help. I can't do it alone. I need to get the, the third step, the second step, the first step, and I need to turn it over, I can't get better. And so I thank you all on the on the meeting today. I love you all. Thank you for letting me pass, on Pat. Pass.
0: And thank you, Marin Kay.
10: And uh,
0: we'll have Martha S. I hope that's right.
11: Hi, Janice. This is Martha S., Recovered Compulsive Eater in upstate New York. Thank you for your service. Um, What I see here in these paragraphs um, is that uh, Bill had a promising business opportunity and he still went on a prodigious bender. So that tells me that even if things are going well in my life, I am powerless over that first bite. Um, On my own, I'm powerless. Um, I can have a perfectly good day. Things would be going well. Um, what keeps me from picking up that first Christmas cookie is um, the step work and the fellowship and living in 10, 11, and 12 every day. As I, Without the, the protection and guidance from my higher power, I don't have the power on my own to not pick up that first bite. So then the other paragraph, I saw I could not take so much as one drink. So reading through the doctor's opinion, learning about You know, what do we mean by entire abstinence? There's a great podcast and a vision for you by that name. What do we mean by entire abstinence? Um, I learned that through my sponsor's help and other recovered compulsive eaters, I learned that I can't take as much as one bite of the ingredients that for me will trigger the allergy of the body, that abnormal reaction. So I learned to identify what those ingredients are for me. It, they're they're more than just sugar and white flour, um, as we hear often in OA. Um, it's more than that. So uh, I know that I can't take one bite or I'm going to be um, off and running. And I don't miss them at all. In my family, my daughter can bake and have the Christmas goodies on the table for days on end, and I don't. The smell doesn't bother me. I'm not thinking about them. I don't want to eat them. I'm really grateful for this life of sane and happy usefulness in in the program and uh, living with the steps one day at a time with the higher power. Thank you, Alka. And
0: thank you, Martha S. Okay,
3: o, Ollie M. Ollie M. Hey, this is Allie M. Um, can you hear me? I can.
0: Thank you.
9: Thank you. Um, calling in this morning from Bellingham, Washington. Um, gratefully, gratefully recovered. Um, I really love this paragraph because, um, or this section, because uh, Bill, I think, is finally seeing, um, that his, his alcohol use and his alcoholic problem is not dependent on people, places, and things. Um, he, you know, he really, this whole time up until now is, um, if things were good, things were good. If things were bad, things were bad. All the things going on around him, you know, when he has money and when he has friends, you know, then, um, he's, his disease is progressing, but um he can you know he can tell himself that it's still okay um and it says gradually things got worse, so he didn't say gradually, I got worse, he's talking about the things happening around him um and he's been focused on that, and that's that's how I was i you know I played victim to the world, and, oh, something happened, somebody did something, somebody said something, and that's where, you know, that was my unmanageability, because I thought that it was my job, and that I had the ability to control it all, um, and somehow that, you know, if I could use my, my eating to control my emotions, then I would have the energy to control all of, all of this stuff that I didn't like, and I didn't choose. Um, so it's kinda like um in the step eleven reading where it says, you know, we will not tire so easily when we're not trying to, you know, arrange life to suit ourselves. Um, he's getting tired. And I remember coming to that place. Um, it's happened a lot of uh, different times for me in my story, um, where I've been like, This I can't do this anymore. I'm gone. You know, he says, I woke up. This had to be stopped. Um, I saw I could not take so much as one drink. Um, so he says he sees it. I, um, I think that we always have the awareness first and then the acceptance can come and then we have to take action. I like um, thinking about those three A's. But sometimes I see an awareness for a long time and that awareness is painful. And I, you know, it makes it hard to come to acceptance when there's things around us that are going wrong, and especially to take action. So he had written lots of sweet promises, um, but soon we will find out what happens um, this time, if um, if it works out for him. So um, for me, I, I know that my default method is to still. You know, my, my mind still tells me that I ha- that I can take action around the things that are going on around me, but the truth is that I have to take action around what's going on in me and take care of myself so that I can live, um, not so I can fit life to, to fit myself. So thank you so much for these steps in this book, and I'll keep doing it. With that, I pass.
0: And thank you so much, Ollie M. Okay, Sima, Sima M.,
3: your
12: turn. Hi, this is Simma, Grateful Compulsive overeater, Living in Recovery. Uh, just for today. Anyway, this uh, really reminds me of, uh, I can't say, I was a single young woman at the time that I first came into OA 42 years ago. And the only thing I thought about was myself And I thought the only thing I need to fix is my weight, and then I will get a boyfriend, and then I'll live happily ever after. So when it says gradually things got worse, yeah, the thing that got worse is I lost all the weight and I didn't get the boyfriend. And each time this would happen, I would start, I didn't understand how um, I could start overeating again, whether it was just from, I remember one time I was on a, a diet and I took one nut. And from that, it turned into a binge that lasted uh, for I don't know how long until I gained all the weight back plus some. And I did not understand the connection uh, of how I was how I would get down to what I was supposed to be because each time I would try a different diet and I would think, this is the one that's going to work and then I'm going to be fine forever. And then it would fail again. So... Um, I didn't understand that, but a therapist told me about OA, and when I got there and I heard about the steps and the promises, I thought, now I've got it, this is it. And uh, I didn't get it right away, but I did have hope, and I did understand the disease once I came into OA. And for today, I can say I'm 66 years old, it's 42 years later, but I'm happier than I've ever been in my life because of this program. And because it taught me how to live, so uh, I got more than I more than I came for. Um, I came for just to be able to stay at one weight, because I was thin when I came in, and uh, instead I got a whole life. So with
3: that, I pass.
0: Mm. And thank you so much, Sima. Sima M. Um, Sherry K. B. It's your turn.
3: Good morning,
13: Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, <clears throat> Grateful Recovery Compulsive O Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line, and welcome to newcomers. And, you know, just uh, the word gradually, things got worse. And what to me I'm seeing here is complete delusion uh, about they've gradually gotten worse. I mean, here on the other page, people were jumping out of buildings because of the depression and the stock market crash and you know but things just started to get worse because i know that when i've been in my disease i i i shut out everything around me that's going on and um i'm unaware of what's really happening because of being in my own disease so here he is saying gradually things got worse and then it goes into you know he says some pretty amazing things here how the house is taken away the mother-in-law dies you know his father-in-law becomes ill but he's you know He's still in there. He's still using. Um, I was still using when things were going on because I would especially use when things were going on. Um, and then he goes on this big bender, but he had a, a big deal coming up that it could have made a lot of difference for him and Lois. And he goes on this prodigious bender, which is a huge bender, which a huge bend. And then he wakes up and he swears he's going to stop. And I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've sworn I was going to stop. I've sworn off. I'm not going to do it this time. Uh, you know, come January 1st, I'm going to make my life change. I'm going to do it. I, 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 me, me, me. I'm going to do it. And that's the thing is that it was all about I, my self-will and everything, which really is the voice of my disease. And it took me down so many times that my self-will against this disease has no chance. Um, and later on when we get into reading on the on the solution, you know, on page 8, uh, there's the most wonderful, powerful Step 1 message I have ever seen. Um, I don't know if you want to look over there, but check it out. Paragraph 1. It's one of the most powerful messages I've ever seen on powerlessness and Step 1. And um, that's, how I, that's where I had to get to. I had to get that my self-knowledge wasn't going to do this, that my willpower wasn't going to do it, that I've exhausted everything I could do. I was killing myself with this disease, but yet my disease was telling me I could handle it you know, every time. And I have no no defense against that first fight, especially the mental obsession without a power greater than myself. And with that I pass thank you.
0: And thank you, Sherry K B.
3: Okay, Karen T. It's your turn. <clears throat> Karen T, press star one to unmute. mute. Okay, I guess perhaps she's having a little problem. Would someone else like to go? I have we have time for two more, perhaps. Ashley P. Elaine B. I'm sorry,
0: I was
14: unmuted. Mary B. <laughs> Elaine B.
0: I'm, I'm just going to have to start with Elaine B. because I just got unmuted, and I'm sorry. Who else is next? Anybody else that talked before Elaine?
15: Ashley
0: P. Ashley P. Let's see how these two come out. Okay, Ashley P. as in Peter. Let's go with Elaine B. Please go ahead, Elaine.
14: Thank you so much. This is Elaine B. We're covered in Massachusetts. Janice, I'm going to ask you to time me. I don't have my timer here. Well, so um, thank you. Uh, gradually, things got worse. The house has taken over. All these things are happening. And, you know, I appreciate in the previous share, that wow things were pretty bad a couple of days ago when people were leaping out of buildings <laughs> um and just all the things that he had he had been through uh you know losing the house living with his wife's parents and being a hanger on at the place where he used to be a rock star <laughs> at the broker, brokerage house um instead of getting um booze from the bars he's drinking bathtub gin boy oh boy can I relate to that it's just like anything to uh anything to satisfy this craving this power this obsession that's beyond human aid I didn't know it was beyond human aid he did again he said oh that's it I'm I'm through forever (laughs) and that's one of the things that when we're um you know 12 stepping someone and we're trying to determine whether they're uh, really ready to take the steps, we ask him, you know, are you done for good? Are, are, you, are you willing to go to any lengths on page, uh, page 90? Ask him if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, then, you know, then you've got a chance. Um, so we can say yes, a yes, and yes, and yes again. We can believe we want to do this, but you know what? What we have to really admit is our powerlessness. Um, the twelve and twelve tells us that that's the only step we have to take perfectly. We can't take any of the other steps a hundred percent perfectly, but admitting our powerlessness over food um, is exactly what we need. Um, I had written written lots of sweet promises. (laughs) But my wife happily observed this time I meant business, and so I did. You know, when everything came crashing down for me, um, (laughs) speaking to somebody who told me that wine was just sugar in a glass, And, uh, you know, telling my sponsor, oh, I don't have to commit that. It's a drink anyway. She was just lucky. I told her I was thinking of having it for my fruit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What would my, what would, what would we do to make, uh, you know, to make it work for us, redefining our abstinence um, and all the sweet promises? And it all came crashing down around me. And my husband was like, you have taken on a new lover. And if this is the way you want to live, you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna divorce you, but you know you're not the same. I had no idea how fogged I was with all I had no idea how fogged until I grabbed hold of these steps with the dying desperation of a dying man and began to work them my life has changed my marriage has changed my relationship with food has changed and yes alcohol too and um you know what the sweet promises now are coming true in my life page 100 promise read it first
3: paragraph on page 100 best promise in the big book and with that i pass thanks Are you there, Janice? Yes, now it's down to two and a half minutes
0: for you, Ashley P. Sorry about that again.
15: Are you with us, Ashley? I'm here. Hi, this is okay. Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. I can be heard?
0: Yes, you can. Now you've got about uh, two minutes, my dear. Two minutes. Okay.
15: That. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so welcome to the newcomers and, and wonderful shares today and I'm just really grateful to be on the line. And um yeah, I I think the the one line that um really sticks out in my head here is um my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. And so I did. And um just how sad that line is because Lois really thinks that Bill's going to quit. And so not only um, is when, when Bill believes that he, he is the one that is going to um, stop drinking, not only is he causing wreckage in his own life, but he's causing wreckage in his loved one, in his loved one's lives. Um, And that's my experience as well, that when I think, I can solve this when I take this into my own hands. Not only am I hurting myself, but I'm also hurting everyone around me. And it just, it made me think of um, the time that I spent in eating disorder treatment, which was not that long ago, um, and and gaining a ton of self-knowledge through really amazing therapists um, who helped me understand my eating disorder quite a bit. And I remember bringing my family in after I had had some traction um with my meal plan and and began to make a plan for um how to transition out of treatment and and back into life and um and I remember how hopeful they were and you know they were they they flew in to to see me and what it felt like for me because I was the one in charge of all of this was like when you're um water skiing and you're holding on to the the ropes and and for a while you're kind of like dragged behind the boat before um before you get up on the skis and and I and that's what it felt like for me that I that something was that I was just holding on for dear life and and everything around me was going too fast and and it was because I was completely white knuckling it um and and so I needed to have a higher power um and just a reminder. Yeah, Um, and the steps are what give me a higher power. And with that, I pass, and and have a wonderful day, everybody.
0: And thank you so much. Boy, I hate to do that, but we must obey. So um, I want to thank everyone who has shared. And uh, we don't go away because even though we're going to close here now, we stay for newcomer greeters and sponsors, et cetera. So now, will Elaine T., will you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only on page 164.
14: Hi, this is Elaine T.
5: Janice, thank you. I will apologize in advance for my cat who's in the car with me and not happy. I'm not driving.
3: Oh. All right.
5: <laughs>